Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. What a busy time of the year it is. Busiest week, busiest weekend of the calendar in winter sports. As this weekend, we will have state gymnastics meet, state hockey tournament, state team wrestling tournament, girls sectional play, boys regional play. A lot going on. And today the focus is going to be on boys basketball. We're going to run through our boys basketball playoff preview with our Hall of Famer, Mark Miller, in just a moment and get his thoughts on each division, each sectional, the teams to, to watch, the favorites, players to watch, his picks, all kinds of good stuff over the next uh, roughly hour as we break down all of the boys basketball playoff information. Before we do that, though, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Are you looking for an athletic advantage for your athlete or team? B3 Sciences is the answer. Originally limited to only Olympic caliber athletes, it is now available to anyone. Increase vertical leap, quickness, speed, and strength through a more effective, efficient, and safer way to get a deeper level of fatigue and more muscle fiber recruitment than many modern workouts. Visit drken.b3sciences.com and take a 30-day no-risk test drive. Technology trusted by the Milwaukee Brewers, Chicago Cubs, LA Clippers, USA Powerlifting, Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, and more. Also remind uh, everybody out there listening that we have a great event coming up this spring that you'll want to check out our spring spotlight event that will take place in April. You can find more information on that. It's a showcase, uh, basketball showcase event, boys and girls. You can sign up individually and uh, come and compete in a great day of basketball. Make sure you check out the events page at wisports.net for more information there. But it is time to talk tournament. It is time to talk playoffs for boys basketball and to do that we bring in mark miller our boys basketball editor wbca hall of famer to uh to get things going mark a great time of the year a busy three weeks a sprint to the finish as we have regionals this week sectionals next week and the state tournament the following week so thanks for taking some time as you uh, get ready for all of the action to join us on the podcast absolutely no problem well, we're going to run through each division here momentarily. We'll we'll go uh, we'll go one through five. We'll start with Division One, and uh, again, we'll talk about some of the top teams and sleepers and things like that. Um, but as we start in Division One, Mark, um, wanted to get your thoughts. We we haven't had a chance to to catch up since the WIAA seed or excuse me uh, playoff reveal show, which uh, you were involved in as a, a co-host in studio, breaking down some of that information on the statewide television network. Anything in Division One that was especially noteworthy or surprising from a seeding standpoint? Well, I think uh, in Sectional One of Division One, um, it, it wasn't shocking that Marshfield and Stevens Point got the one and two seeds. They they have very good records and are very good teams. Uh, Superior coming in at three um, is you know is always a uh, a tough team to seed. Um, they're eighteen and six. You know they play a lot of out of state teams. They do play quite a few of the big rivers conference teams, uh, but still, you don't. You just—it's it, just hard to kind of factor in where they fit in at all. So I thought they got a, a, a you know, very favorable seed at number three. Uh, I would say the same for Eau Claire Memorial at number four, even though uh, they they won the Big Rivers Conference and are eighteen and six. 
the reason being that that Cooper Jesperson, their best player, is out for the rest of the year with an injury. Um, and they, they have lost a few games since he went out uh, a few weeks back. So among the top four seeds, there's no Fox Valley Association team, uh, which, you know, is a little bit surprising. Now, the champion from the FEA is in a different sectional, Oshkosh North. Uh, they're in sectional two, and they only got a three seed. So, um, you know, I think uh, the fact that no FEA team got a one or two seed uh, is is a bit surprising. The highest seed for an FEA in sectional one is Kakana at number five. And uh, the team I think that is the hottest right now in the in the FEA, Nina, um, comes in uh, at number six. And of course, the Rockets won the title two years ago and also qualified last year. So um, it'll be interesting to see how all that pairs out. You know, we've had some, some uh, issues, I guess, or, or some fascinating developments, I guess you could put it in sectional one over over the last couple of years with a lot of the FEA teams going on the road in the opening round of re- or second round of regionals and, and coming away with wins. And I, I think we might see a little bit of that again this year. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more maybe about sectional one. You mentioned um, kind of the teams at the top, the FEA teams coming in a little bit lower in the rankings. Uh, what do you, what do you see in, in sectional one? And ultimately, who do you see coming out of sectional one in division one? Well, you know, the two Wisconsin Valley conference teams um, uh, are, are very good. And, you know, they potentially could meet in a sectional final with, with Marshfield in the top half uh, and, and Spash on the bottom half, um, you know, but they'll have to get by a lot of landmines to get there. And, and those landmines come in the form of, of arguably the state's best conference. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing about the FEA is it, it's so deep. Um, outside of maybe one team this year, any any of the other nine were were you know very talented and, and could uh, on any given night win a game uh, within the conference or outside of the league. So um, you know it's 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 pretty open. I don't think uh, even though Marshfield's the one seed, I don't think there's an, a, a team that you can say it would be shocking if they didn't come out of this sectional. So um, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb again and. Um, and pick Nina for the third straight year, even though the Rockets are a six seed. I, I just think that they're playing really good basketball right now. Um, they've won, I think, nine in a row now. Um, and, and they're at full strength. Uh, and Brady Corso is uh, a guard that can can carry a team at times. Um, you know, a senior that's been on the team the last two years, so he knows about playoff success. And certainly Coach Lee Robbins knows about playoff success as well. So. Um, they open up at home against Eau Claire North. Then they probably, uh, well, Hortonville has to go to Superior on Friday. Um, I think Hortonville is going to win that game. Uh, and then, you know, Nina will probably get a regional final on its home court against Hortonville. Um, so th- that's their regional route. And then, you know, as far as sectionals go, um, they're looking at, uh, you know, possibility of playing Stevens Point, um, Hudson, <laughs> um, you know, DC Everest, um, I think they can get by that, <clears throat> excuse me, that sectional semi. And then, you know, up, up top, they're, they're looking at, uh, you know, possibly Kakana. Uh, I think Appleton, uh, Appleton North and Appleton East are both capable and Eau Claire Memorial is still capable. And then of course you got Marshfield. So um, I think Marshfield's got a chance to come out of that top half. I think the, the, they're probably the best bet. Um, if you're, you know, going to say, you got to pick one team, but I do think Dean is going to win the sectional. 
All right. So as deep as you talked about uh, sectional number one being in your uh, your preview that you wrote for Division One, you mentioned that you thought sectional two might be the most difficult of these sectionals in Division One, where you have defending state champion De Pere, you've got Arrowhead, Oshkosh North, classic uh, champions of their respective conferences. Uh, Homestead is in there. Uh, so sectional two, no slouch either. No, it's it's the best one. It's the deepest one. I mean, we're talking about a a five seed of Sussex Hamilton, um, you know, which is a, a nineteen and five on the season, very well coached. Uh, have a great player in Aiden Knopp, um, and then a six seed Germantown at seventeen and seven. Stumbled a little bit late in the year, but uh, was battling for the Greater Metro Conference Championship, uh, you know, until the last couple weeks of the year. Or so. And, and those are five and six seeds. You know, if, if, if it goes chalk, you're looking at sectional semis of De Pere against Homestead and then Oshkosh North against Arrowhead. So you're talking about four teams that have been in our top 10 of the WSN coaches poll pretty much all year. Obviously, De Pere's the team to beat. Uh, they've got one loss in the last two years, um, and that was to a Division II school in Wisconsin Lutheran. So um, I'd be a fool not to pick De Pere to come out of this sectional, but um, you know, they played Homestead at our shootout back in December and, and won. Um, you know, they, uh, Oshkosh North or Arrowhead, you know, coming out of the bottom, I, I, appear still got to be favored against either one of those two teams. So, um, I, you know, I'm going to go with Tapir. So we got Nina and Tapir in sectional one and two going to state. All right, sectional three, we uh, we take a look at that sectional and um, maybe not the strength of the other ones, but uh, we're getting into more of the Madison area. So you've got the, a number of the big eight teams in there. Wanakee is in there. Kettle Moraine coming over out of the Milwaukee area. Maybe not the strength of, of division, or excuse me, sectionals one or two, but what are the interesting storylines in sectional three? Well, the biggest one is is Chris Davis Jr. of Sun Prairie West, the state's leading scorer. Um, you know, he just puts up crazy numbers pretty much every game he plays. Um, you know, just a, a, a guy that's uh, wired to score. You know, he knows where the basket is and, and knows how to put the ball in the basket, whether it's from 20 feet or uh, off the dribble or at the, at the free throw line or uh, just, you know, throwing in some wild, crazy shot or he's, he's great in transition. Um, so, you know, he's, he's the storyline, I think, you know, can he continue that six, that type of uh, scoring spree? Uh, it's not very often, as you know, Travis, that we have a division one kid leading the state in scoring. Can he continue that, you know, throughout the playoffs? Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against that. Um, they're looking at a first round game against Badger. Um, they won the big eight conference championship. Um, they're looking at a potential uh, regional final uh, at home against Sun Prairie East. And those two split during the regular season two incredibly close games. East just won at West last week by one point. Um, so that that's a pick 'em game. Um, you know, West is probably a slight favorite because they won the big eight, but um, East is playing pretty well and, and has a very good squad. Um, you know, the it, it, it's a little bit of the big eight invitational, particularly in the lower half of the bracket um, where the only non big eight schools are Badger and Wanakee. And Wanakee comes in at the number two seed. And I think that was a little bit surprising uh, to get the two seed over Sun Prairie West. Um, but they both have 17 wins, so uh, it's not a shock. Um, although I think most big eight people would say that Sun Prairie West probably should be number two. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, if they're going to meet in a, in a sectional semi, um, 
it doesn't much matter because it'll be on a neutral court. Um, so, uh, and then in the top half, we got some classic eight conference teams, Kettle Moraine, which is 21 and three, uh, one got to state last year playing well, finished second to Arrowhead in the classic eight. Um, I think they're favored, uh, in the upper half, but you also have Muskego in that upper half and they're 19 and five and, uh, have played Kettle Moraine twice. And, and then Beloit Memorial, which left the big eight for the Southern lakes and had a really good year at 19 and five as well. Um, this is a tough sectional to pick because it could go, it could go a, a number of different ways. Uh, you know, even a team like Janesville Craig at 16 and eight, if they shoot the ball well on any given night, uh, which they're very capable of doing, they take a ton of threes, they, they could, you know, advance. But um, I think the safe pick is the number one uh, sec- team, seated team in the sectional, uh, Kettle Moraine, and, and that's who I'm going to go with to get to Madison. Before we move on to sectional four, just – it's kind of odd, I think, to look at sectional three and see the Madison team seated so low uh, where you've got La Follette and West playing as essentially a play-in game, 16 and 17. East is the highest seed as a nine. Madison Memorial is a 13 seed. Just not what we have become accustomed to, at least you know traditionally, to see out of the Madison City Schools. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, there's storylines at each of the schools. You know, Memorial's battled injuries all year long. One of the Ligon boys has missed the last half of the season. Sam Mickelson has, has played, but is is not, you know, the Sam Mickelson that we've known in the past because of injuries, and he's missed, you know, probably two-thirds of the season. But he he is back now. Um, you know, maybe maybe he can be at full strength, and that would really help Memorial La Follette, uh, also dealing with injuries. Thin Riak um, missed a lot of games. He's their best player. He's a sophomore, really good college prospect. He's playing right now, um, but at less than 100%. And they only won four games this year. Uh, West is an interesting case because um, they beat Sun Prairie West. <laughs> um, and, you know, they, they played a good schedule. They're 6 and 18. They, they played some good non conference games. They have uh, a sophomore backcourt tandem that's very talented with Michael Wilson um, and uh, Mosley. Um, and, and then they have a really good shooter in, in Wiley. So uh, Aiden Wiley, uh, I think he's a junior. So, th- you know, I think all those teams will be better next year. Um, they did play a lot of younger kids um, and, and all of them, it's crazy. All of them have really had to dealt, deal with injuries this year um, and significant ones and for prolonged periods. I'm going to make that as the as the biggest excuse, but it, it's just a fact, you know. East East as well, so um, we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, I think that East Oregon game that's a nine eight um, at Oregon on, on on Friday. I think that will be a really good game. Um, you know, see how the Big Eight comes out of it. They they the Big Eight plays a different style, obviously, than the Badger. Um, it, it's it's. Uh, there's no shot clock needed in the big eight. I mean, they get up and down and they take shots and they have individual talent. Um, and then of course the Badger, they like to, they like to slow things down a little bit more, run more patterns, uh, take advantage of their individual strengths, um, play, I think a better brand of defense. Um, <laughs> of course the big eight coaches might get on me about that, but you know, um, so that'll be, uh, I think the you know underlying theme in, in this sectional and even in Division Two is the Badger Conference getting quite a bit of respect over a, a conference like the Big Eight, like with Verona, or excuse me, Wanaki getting the two seed over the Big Eight champion. So um, 
yeah, you're right about that, Travis, with Madison. But um, I don't think it's any long-term th- uh, issue. And I do think all four uh, are going to be better next year. And uh, of the four, uh, East is the only one that finished with a winning record at 12 and 10. All right, moving on to sectional four in Division One. I think it is, I think it's fair to say that this is the weakest of the sectionals. I, not to disparage anyone there, but I think that's just a reality. Marquette is the top seed, probably a, a, a pretty decent favorite. Um, you've also got a number of MPS teams in there. You've got the, uh, a number of the Southeast Conference teams in there, which maybe hasn't been quite as good this year. Um, but as we look at sectional four, what are we looking? What are we thinking? Yeah, I would agree with your assessment there. Um, I think Marquette is the favorite. Uh, they're 20 and four. Um, they've lost one game since Christmas. Uh, in our shootout, they lost two games. Uh, so, but they also played two really good teams in Depeer and Pewaukee. Um, and uh, the only game they lost uh, was against Arrowhead by a point and um, really a fluke ending to that game, but they should have won. All they had to do was inbound the ball uh, underneath. Arrowhead's basket with a couple seconds left and get fouled. And unfortunately the ball got tipped and a great kid from Arrowhead grabbed it and put it in at the buzzer um, and they lost. So um, they won the greater Metro. Uh, they, they have a very senior dominated lineup that made it to the sectionals last year, but then ran into De Pere. Uh this year. If they're going to play De Pere again, it would be, you know, at the Cole center. So uh, the Southeast conference, I think w- w- it was down this year. I don't think anyone would dispute that. And yet you still have Kenosha Indian Trail with MJ Stackhouse, who's going to Milwaukee. Um, and then you, you still have, uh, you know, Franklin's playing a little better right now. They're 12 and 12 overall, which is a little below what they normally are. But I think they're they're playing a little better at this point. And you got Hamilton, Milwaukee Hamilton out of the city conference. That, that's had a really good year, but uh, has a lot of young players. West Osha Central faded a little bit at the end. Um, they're the number three seed. Um, and, and they're certainly capable of, of coming out of the lower half um, if they, you know, get things together. And then the two Brookfield schools are in this sectional and the Central uh, finished 13 and 10 and, and East went 8 and 16. They play in a, in a regional semi on Friday. Uh, Central is a team that I think could make some noise here. Um, you know, they, they wouldn't be intimidated at all if they played Marquette in a, in a sectional semi. They've played twice before. They have a Division One player in Sean Doherty who can get hot from the perimeter. Uh, they're playing better than they did earlier in the year. Um, so that's kind of my sleeper pick. Um, but, I, you know, it, it would be difficult to pick against Marquette coming out of here. But um, uh, Brookfield Central is kind of my sleeper here. And Jack Doherty is the uh, uh, Jack. Brookfield yes. Central. <laughs> yep. Sean, Sean was dad, yeah. played for the Badgers, of course. Yeah, um, yeah Jack, so, uh, Jack has had a good year, too. So, um, and he's the kind of guy that, you know, could could take that team uh, on, on a nice tournament run. So we'll see uh, what Coach Wandry's got up his sleeve, you know, to go up against East for a third time. I, I'm sure when the pairings came out, both Joe Rux, the coach at Brookfield East, and Dan Wandry at, at Brook Central are probably rolling their eyes. It's like, geez, can't we play somebody else? But that's that's the way it, uh, you know, the, the computer spit it out. So that's who they got to play. That's who they got to play. And again, if if you're in a, a, a sectional in a bracket that's very winnable, you got to play conference teams, you know, not the worst thing in the world sometimes. Um, so, Mark, to recap, uh, 
take us through your your sectional picks, the you know, to come out of the sectionals and make it to the state tournament out of each of the four sectionals, and then give us who your your pick to win it all is. Yeah, this it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, De Pere is, is my pick uh, to win it all. Um, I think they'll get the number one seed if they get to, to Madison, of course. And then, you know, who's going to get the number two seed? I think that, that that's a big question. Um, you know, I think Nina, if, they, if it holds, like I think they'll get there, they'll be the four seed. Um, so uh, the two and three, I guess, doesn't matter because they're going to play each other anyway. So that would be Kettle Moraine and Marquette. Um, so I have uh, those are the four teams advancing to state. And then I have De, uh, De Pere beating Marquette in the championship game uh, to win back to back state championships. All right, let's move on to Division Two. We're continuing our conversation with Mark Miller, taking a look at the boys' basketball playoffs and our boys' basketball playoff preview on the WSN podcast. Division Two, we've got Sectional One, which is many of the teams in the northern and northwestern part of the state, western part of the state as well. Some teams from the Mississippi Valley, some teams from the uh, Great Northern, um, just kind of all over the place, I guess, even over into the Fox Valley area. But uh, what do you what do you see out of Sectional? One, which does gain um, a, a team in West Salem that qualified for the state tournament last year in Division uh, Three. Right, right. Um, you know, the thing with, with the Divisions Two through Five is that you only seed half of the bracket. Um, at least yeah, you seed both brackets, but you only seed, you're seeded within a, each half bracket is, is a better way to put that. So um, Wausau East comes out as the number one seed in sectional one in the upper half, West Salem, number one seed in the, in the, uh, in the bottom half. Um, the thing that stuck out to me right away was, and we talk about this, you know, pretty much every year, uh, the, the strength of conference um, and the out of state games, uh, not necessarily being factored in uh, properly, I guess you could say, with the with the WIA seating format, um, because Onalaska is a four seat behind West Salem, who they beat, behind Mosinee, and behind Fox Valley Lutheran. And to me, on paper, if you said, you know, who's the best team in this in that half of the sectional, it would be Onalaska, and you and and yet they get the four seed, and they're playing New London <laughs> right off the bat, which is not an easy game. New London's fifteen and eight and finished. I believe second in the Bay Conference, so uh, that's a tough opening round game. But um, you know, Onalaska played three out of state teams. Um, I believe they lost to them, um, and and uh, I had in the preview, I believe what what the overall record was of those three teams, and it was it was you know really good. Um, so um, that was a, a little bit surprising, but they're so they're looking at if they get by New London, they're looking at a at a regional. Um, a regional final at West Salem, uh, which will not be easy, of course. Um, but they did they did beat them earlier in the year, so that would be that would be one heck of a regional final. Uh, and then in the lower half um, of that of that same bracket, you're looking at Mosinee and, and Fox Valley Lutheran, which is an, a fascinating game. Uh, and that would be in Appleton. Um, Mosinee won the the Great Northern, and FEL won the the Northeastern. Um, common opponent there is Xavier. Uh, Xavier beat FEL and lost to Mosini in a close game. So um, I, I, I still think that that on, on the lower half, that Onalaska is going to come out of that and play for the sectional championship. Uh, the upper half is is uh, is really uh, probably any team that's in there is probably thinking, hey, we got a chance here to to get to the sectional final. Um, you know, Wausau East is 17 and seven. 
River Falls is 17 and 7, New Richmond 17 and 7, Rice Lake has got a pretty good team at 14 and 10. Those are the top four seeds. Um, and then, you know, a team like Medford, uh, Lakeland, uh, Rhinelanders had a good year at 15 and 9. You know, <clears throat> they're also thinking that maybe they could advance. Um, but I, I think it'll be Onalaska and River Falls. And then I, I, I think Onalaska is going to get to Madison. All right, sectional two, we're moving more towards the northeastern and even into the eastern part of the state. Um, in your your preview, you said you thought this could be a one that is dominated, though, by by a particular team. So who is that team and what are we uh, what are we looking at for sectional two? Well, you know, uh, I think Nicolay is as talented as a lot of teams in the state, um, you know, at that the top teams in the state, I should say. I mean, they they really have a lineup that can put up points in a hurry. They have, you know, one of the most coveted, uh, well, probably the most coveted uncommitted uh, player in the state right now. And Darius Hanna, he's a junior. Um, I know Tom Izzo was at his game last week. Obviously Wisconsin's been on him really hard. He's got a number of others that are really on him very hard. Um, and, you know, they have good players around him. Uh, they did, they beat Homestead for the North, uh, North shore title on Friday. And as Beeman hit a layup uh, with about three seconds to go, a driving layup to his left. And, um, you know, uh, they're 20 and four though. They, they do have a few losses. Um, so it's not like they're not unbeat they're unbeatable, but they, they, um, I think that they, 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 they're just kind of poised for that. Sometimes teams refocus and really dig in and, and really, you know, get after it, um, in, so to speak in the, in the tournament. And I think Nick is going to, kind of be that team in sectional two they got the number one seed in the lower half cedarburg also from the north shore is number two um grafton is number four vincent is number three uh, milwaukee vincent um i, I think nicolay is going to come out of that upper half ashwabanon finished second uh in the fox river classic to De Pere. um they won a, a one-point game over notre dame on saturday to end their season at 20 and four um you know, it's kind of a sleeper team here, I think, would be West Bend West. They're 12 and 12, but remember, they played Homestead twice. They played Nicolet twice, played Cedarburg twice. Um, you know, they, so they got a good schedule. Um, but I think uh, Plymouth is also in that set and that a half, and they won or shared the uh, the East Central Conference Championship. Um, but I do think Ashwabanon will, will be the team that comes out of the top half. And then I like Nicolet to win the sectional. We talked about a little bit earlier, sometimes based on how the, the seeding comes in and the brackets fill in, you you might play a couple of conference opponents. And that could be the case for Nicolet, uh, where they would have um, either Grafton or Slinger in the you know their second game, maybe that sec- uh, sectional semifinal against Cedarburg. Any, you know, any extra dimension or or challenge that could come with potentially playing back-to-back opponents as a, a third time? Well, I, I think that the WI, one thing they've, they've done a really good job at, I think, is trying to, to separate, not, not put all the teams in the same section. I'll know sometimes it's harder to do that than in, in, in other cases, but generally they, they've they've mixed it up a little bit, you know, where you have FEA teams in two sectionals, for example. Um, you know, uh, this year, I think all the big eight are in, in, in one, um, and that's not ideal, but, um, you know, beating a team th- three times, that, that's, that's hard to do obviously. Um, but it's, it's what's in front of them. Um, and they have to take care of business. So, uh, th- you know, beating a team three times is difficult as I mentioned, but 
you also are very familiar with that opponent and you know their personnel inside and out you know what they like to do on offense and defense so usually the the more talented team comes out ahead even if you're playing for a three third time so sorry got my, had my mic muted still had a great intro and a whole line of things that i was talking about and Nobody heard it, probably for the better. Um, but we'll move on and, and talk about sectional three, where as we were kind of chatting about before, um, you know, just an interesting sectional from a geography standpoint, where you've got teams from MPS and the Milwaukee area all the way over to uh, Reedsburg and DeForest and some of the other Badger Conference teams. So uh, spreading all the way across kind of that southern uh, part of Wisconsin, but uh, some really good uh, and, and kind of loaded teams in sectional number three. Yeah, this is what I uh, was mentioning before, where, you, you know, trying to split up conferences a little bit to to give, you know, teams some, some different looks and maybe give teams or conferences an opportunity to get a couple teams at the state tournament. Um, you know, Pewaukee's a three-time defending state champion. They got the top seed in the, in the top half. And then Stoughton, uh, the the Badgers' uh, small conference champion, got the top seed in the bottom half. Um, and then there's a whole slew of teams that are that are you know pretty darn good, like Wauwatosa West and DeForest and Beaver Dam, and, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Monona Grove and Milton, and certainly Mount Horeb. So um, you know there's there's a lot of teams that that can make it life miserable <laughs> for opponents there. But in the top half, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think. Um, I think we're looking at a, a pretty intriguing sectional semi with with Wauwatosa West, with Kai Rogers going up against Pewaukee with with Nick Janowski. Those are two big time Division One players. Um, obviously, Pewaukee wants to keep their streak of, of four state championships in a row uh, in Division Two. So uh, I do think, boy, that's a tough game, but I do think Pewaukee's going to advance to the sectional final. And then on the lower half, I, I, I really like Stoughton. I just think that they're they're very good. They got a lot of different weapons, and they have a uh, a great backcourt with Sawyer, Sawyer Shipper and Ty Fernholtz, both seniors that have been through a lot of wars with Coach Nolan Ryan. So I think Pewaukee against Stoughton in the sectional championship game um, uh, is likely, um, even though there's going to be some great – regionals and regional finals and sectional games in route to that sectional final. Um, but uh, I'm going to go uh, with Pewaukee. I know they played Stoughton early in the year and it was a really close game uh, that Pewaukee came out on top on. I'm going to go with Pewaukee getting back there for the fourth straight year. All right, let's move on to sectional four where, as you kind of alluded, Wisconsin Lutheran, Pewaukee are split up. Pewaukee's in sectional three, Wisconsin Lutheran heavy strong favorite in sectional four and, and I'm guessing for most people a strong favorite as the uh the the team to beat in division two they're undefeated uh have beaten the best of the best multiple times even uh so far this year um but outside of Wisconsin Lutheran who are the the ones that could pose a challenge to the Vikings coming out of sectional four well, in the top half, obviously, the Wisco's the number one seed. Uh, Burlington's number two. They won the Southern Lakes. They're playing pretty darn well right now. Um, you know, I think Burlington would be one that, you know, Wisco would would uh, potentially encounter. They're looking at, uh, you know, a game against Whitmill again. Uh, they just played them, I believe, in the Woodland crossover in a regional final. Whitmill won the Woodland East, but Wisco handled them pretty easily in that uh, crossover game. 
Uh, and then another team in that in that top half, I think, uh, is Pius. You know, at 15 and eight, another Woodland West team that lost to Wisco twice, um, but has a, a a senior dominated lineup led by Jaquan Johnson, a, a very prolific scorer who can just go off on you know, any given opponent on any given night. Um, so I would say, you know, probably um, the biggest challenges would come from uh, a team like Burlington or, or Pius uh, in the sectional semi. And then the lower half um, is uh, we're seeing Park got the number one seed. Um, and honestly, um, you could put maybe even the fifth seed, Waterford, from the top half. You could put them in the, in the bottom half and they, they'd be there, the one or two seed. So the top half is definitely the stronger half here. Um, you know, St. Augustine Prep at 17 and 7 got the two seed out of the Lake City Conference, which is an interesting placement because that league is so new and it has a lot of D4 and D5 schools that you just don't quite know, um, you know, how they're going to stack up. Although they played Dominican and just got hammered uh, by ridiculous numbers. So, um, you know, I, I, I think the bottom half, uh, a team like Martin Luther or Greenfield might come out of that, um, but they'd be heavy underdogs against Wisco. And obviously I'm not going to pick against Wisconsin Lutheran with a sectional. All right. So review for us your picks to come out of each sectional in Division Two, and then who you think is going to hoist that gold ball. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Onalaska um, out of sectional one. Um, I think that they likely will be the fourth seed, and they would play Wisconsin Lutheran in a semifinal at state. And then Nicolay would be either two or three um, and go against Pewaukee. They have the same record, so that'll be an interesting placement. But, you know, who cares if you're two or three because you're playing each other anyway. There's no home court uh, advantage here at the state tournament. So um, I I do think that uh, it'll be Wisco and Nicolay in the championship game. And uh, I'm not going to go against Con Knippel and Wisconsin Luther. This is their year. Um, but, you know, they're going to run into a, a really athletic team um, with some size. Uh, should they play Nicolay, that would be one heck of a game. I think people would really enjoy watching that uh, as a state championship game. But I'm going to go with Wisco to win it all. That would be interesting. Um, I think there was a lot of talk the last few years, obviously, about Wisconsin Lutheran and Pewaukee. We've got to split them up. We've got to see their game at the state tournament. We can't, you know, Why is this a sectional game or a regional game or whatever? They got split up finally. And then not to have that game even happen would be would be interesting. I, I don't you can't do anything about it, obviously, but it would be interesting if if they got split up and then they never even ended up meeting again. So, well, kind I think of, the, uh, the biggest thing there was not necessarily to see them play each other, but to see both have the opportunity to play in Madison. But, you know, when you look at the map, um, you know, and I think this is a complaint that some coaches have, um, you know, how how are those maps drawn up? in terms of where the sectional groupings go. Um, and that that's something that the WI has to do every year because some teams move around. And of course, now with the success formula going into effect next year, the teams are gonna move around even a little bit more in terms of uh, division placement. You know, some schools get more enrollment, some schools get less. So they move from one division to the other. And now with the success formula, you know, a school like Pewaukee, for example, would um, likely move from D2 to D1. Uh, you've detailed all the success formula stuff really well on on, on WIS Sports. So, um, and I'm sure you'll do it after the winter sports season too. So, you know, but, you know, for a team like Arrowhead, for example, in D1, 
you know, they were in a, a sectional with, with, you know, Milwaukee area schools last year, and, and now they're in a sectional with the peer, <laughs> you know, so that wasn't really good news when the pairings came out last year for Craig Hazy and his Arrowhead kids, because it's like, well, wait a minute, how the heck are we in with, uh, you know, with, with the peer now? Um, and then, you know, in Division Two, you had Nicolay, Pewaukee, and Wisconsin Lutheran, which are, you know, all very somewhat close to each other. All three of them are in different sectionals, which makes for great viewing if you're a fan, potentially at the state tournament. But um, it also is kind of a head scratcher because in D3, you have, uh, you know, arguably four of the best teams in all of Division Three in one sectional, all from the Milwaukee area. So, you know, I, I realize that, um, you know, everything changes a little bit in terms of placement and, you know, you want to have the same number of schools to some degree in each in each um, in each division from year to year. Uh, um, you know, you're not going to put a team under 1,200 in Division One unless they go there by success formula, and then you're always going to have 600 to uh, 1199 in Division Two. You know, that's the way it's set up right now. And then the bottom of 128 in Division Five, and I I believe they split divisions three and four equally, Travis, if I'm not mistaken. So. Um, you know, but the coaches just kind of, I think, wonder and fans too, um, you know, how, how they go about separating schools with really loaded teams in one division, but not necessarily in another. Do they even look at, you know, who's, what schools are in what, or do they just look at a map and say, okay, here, here's the placements. And, you know, if, if all the best teams are in one sectional, that's the way it goes. Um, I, you know, I, it, it just seems like it's kind of inconsistent. Um, especially at the, uh, the divisions, you know, like three, uh, one, two, and three level. It's hard. It's, you know, it, as you said, things change and you have to make changes each year. There, You can't just have it static. Um, but one of the requests from the coaches the last few years has been, hey, move things a little bit, you know, when you can. As yeah. as teams move up and down, let's, let's change things up here and there instead of just making it the same every year. And so they've tried to do that. Uh, and then there's still people not happy. Like you said, Arrowhead, yeah, yeah. you know, goes from a, a, a positive situation or, a, you know, a, a, a better path for them to a more challenging path. And that's a change to, you know, move around who kind of gets, you know, that, that placement. Um, so Arrowhead's probably looking at it and saying, Hey, this, this isn't good. Why did we do this? Why did we have to change? And somebody else is looking at it and saying, Hey, we're, we're happy that we're not in the same group with the same teams. And now we got a little bit better of a chance. So yeah. it's a lose, lose. <laughs> like yeah, so it many is. You're right. And it's um, very, I, I don't think anyone denies that it's not an easy thing to do. You're balancing so many different things there. Um, and yet, you know, part of me is like, you know, you're in a conference for a reason um, because it's, you know, generally uh, the, the schools are close to each other. So, you know, to have Kettle Moraine and Arrowhead, for example, in different sectionals doesn't make sense unless unless we're going to do that across the board. Um, and then, you know, travel is travel such a big issue, um, you know, at the tournament level, um, probably not as big as it once was. Um, and then, you, you know, at D1, you got the superior problem. You know, <laughs> you're so far away and 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 yet you know how do you see them and and yet you know someone's going to have to either go there or they're going to have to come here so it, it's going to be a long drive regardless you know back in the day when we had eight teams you know they were usually in with the eau claire schools and chippewa falls and that neck of the woods so it wasn't quite as dramatic as you know hortonville going up to superior um 
but you know, we, we change, like you say, there, there's a, sometimes there's consequences to wanting five divisions or, or wanting to split up, um, teams from the same conference for the tournament. And, you know, sometimes it were, like you said, it works for your, your betterment. And sometimes it's, it's a tougher situation for you. So, um, you know, I think that uh, WI listens to what they want in terms of that, and it comes out the way it does. And as soon as that happens, <laughs> people start to complain. So uh, we live in a complaining world, I think, um, you know, whether it's seeds or re uh, sectional groupings or shot clock or, uh, man, you can go on and on uh, about, you know, people whining about stuff. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to go out and play and play your best and, and, and see what happens. And that's that's the that's the beauty of it all that uh, throw all that complaining in the garbage and, and go out and watch the games and enjoy them and, and watch the kids compete. That that's the best part of it all. Absolutely. And I will step onto my soapbox for a moment, as I did during our girls basketball preview. And I will say that I, I think a lot of people are missing the boat talking about the the biggest challenges or the biggest things that need fixed in high school basketball. And so many, you know, comments about the shot clock and halves versus quarters and the seating and regional placements and all those other things. I still think the biggest challenge facing high school basketball in Wisconsin is girls basketball participation. I think that, um, you know, if, if this team got a four versus a five seed or whatever else, that's so much consternation and in discussion, lands on i think the uh the the challenges facing participation in girls basketball trump all of that and needs to have more attention and focus um for for a lot of the the boys coaches and fans and and players and community you know they don't even maybe realize how how bad it has gotten in some places for girls basketball where it is so extreme it's it's rare to have three levels there are many large schools that only have two levels or maybe even one level. There's large schools that have had to co-op or cancel their programs. So I think we need to spend more time on that than some of the, uh, in my mind, lesser issues related to, again, seating or placements or or what have you. So soapbox uh, over. We'll, we'll consider that. Yeah. And, well, um, and, you know, I mean, it – you know, when you see all, all these teams co-oping in, in girls basketball, I mean, two Waukesha schools co-oping, I mean, that, that, you know, that's unheard of. Um, and we don't see that in boys yet, but, you know, there's, there are pockets where in the boys, like the Six Rivers, for example, um, and some of the smaller uh, Cloverbelt schools, uh, you know, where it's like, oh boy, you know, are they going to have enough for a team in two, three years? Or are they going to have to co-op? So, um, it's, I, I haven't looked at the numbers, Travis, in terms of the boys participation, but, you know, back, back when I was growing up now, I'm 60, uh, what am I? 61, I guess, or going to be 61. <laughs> uh, you know, it was great to be on the team. If you didn't play, you were still a member of the team. You had three teams. They all had 15 kids and, you know, it was an honor to be on the team. Well, the world's changed a lot, you know, since then. And, and even since the start of the you know, of the merger back in 2000, 2001 with the private schools, you know, if kids aren't going to play now um, or, you know, even at the lower levels when they, when they're on these traveling teams and in middle school, they kind of eliminate themselves. So you don't have as many, the depth, even on the boys side, 
you don't have 15 kids on each team anymore. You know, um, some kids stick it out and really want to be a part of it and, you know, maybe don't play that much. And that's great. Those, those kind of kids though, they're harder to find, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, they'd rather get a job or they'd rather, you know, hang out with their friends or, you know, do whatever activities, uh, outside of basketball that seem more attractive to them. So, um, it's a bigger problem with the girls, obviously, but it's starting to sneak its uh, way into the boys a little bit. And of course, part of that too, is some of these schools enrollments are getting so low that it's just, it, it's hard to put together, you know, a program. Um, and of course I, that comes more with the D, D5 programs, but um, yeah, it would, it'd be interesting to take a look at the boys participation levels and if the WI publishes that uh, to see how that has trended over the last, you know, five to 10 years. Yeah, and, and we do have that data available. Uh, I don't believe there's a significant change on the boys' side. Um, if, if anything, I think it's relatively in line with enrollment trends overall. Um, but you're right, there are some some places that it's more of a challenge. And as, as, as the expectation becomes more and more pay-for-play in the youth um, you know, realm and even in the off-season where you know it's it's about having to go out and pay. To, to play on a team and it's less community uh, based and, and less, um, you know, focused on, on the community aspect and, and participation and in those benefits, I think it could, it could become an even larger challenge. Um, one of the other things kind of getting back to seating and, and complaining, just one more, one more note. Now, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day and I actually had test, texted it to Mark before I had even posted it on Twitter. Um, you know, I've noticed that there's a lot of people that really like or or advocate or talk about wanting to do, you know, sectional seating one through 16 or one through 18, whatever it might be, until maybe they get, you know, a seven, their number is seven or eight. Whereas in a, you know, traditional eight-team regional, they might have been a three or a four seed, but they they have a harder time wrapping their mind around that higher number even though it's essentially the same thing. Uh, I've noticed that a little bit that mm. one through 16 is great until your number ends up a little bit higher than maybe it had been in the past. So yeah. just another uh, observation, I guess. Yeah. I mean, all right. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we, we live in a seed world now. And uh, uh, like I mentioned, um, you know, as I was doing the, um, uh, the, the preview for the sectional placements uh, two weeks ago, I guess it was, you know, Illinois still has coaches do it and Minnesota has a computer formula and we have a computer formula. So, you know, just looking at neighboring States, I'm not sure what, what, what Iowa does or what, what Michigan does, but um, yeah, it's uh, you know, you, you just have to kind of go and play, you know, I mean, um, all the, all the uh, hand wrangling and I'm not saying there's not issues there, there are issues. And I, I think everybody knows there, there are some issues that you try to, you try to tweak and you make it better. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think the, and, and maybe it's just because social media is so prevalent now, you know, maybe people complained in the past too, but uh, it just seems like there's more complaining than ever these days with, uh, with all those issues that you mentioned. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to Division Three. But before we do that, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at WisconsinDOT 
www.thebuckeyesdivision.gov. Well, Mark, Division Three, as you kind of hinted at earlier, is a, a division that, uh, if you look at the coaches' poll and you know, kind of where teams have been, is really been dominated um, by the uh, teams in the southeast part of the state. The, the voting uh, right now, the top five, three of those teams are kind of in that same group: um, St. Thomas More, Dominican, Milwaukee Academy of Science, Carmen Northwest is also down there. But as we look at, at Division Three in general, I don't know if you want to go sectional by sectional or just kind of uh, generalize with it. But um, you know, an interesting, interesting dynamic in D three with it seems such a, uh, a concentration of power in that southeast part of the state. I always think that Division Three is is the most competitive in the sense that every game is 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 so competitive. Um, you know, especially once you get past the regional quarterfinal round. Uh, the depth in this league, in this division, I should say, um, is, is so good. Um, and I think there's a lot of really good coaches at this level. Um, you know, is, is the talent as good as D1 or D2? Probably not. You know, generally speaking, certainly a team like Thomas Moore could play with anyone. Academy of Science uh, just beat West Salem. You know, they played Arrowhead last week, lost. But um, they also played uh, Kimberly last week. I mean, it, you know, so there's some really good teams uh, at this level. And, you know, when we look at sectional one, um, Prescott is one on, on the top and Elk Mound is one on the on, on the bottom. Uh, and then Bloomer and, and Amro got the two seats. Uh, all of those teams won conference championships, I believe. Um, so, um, you know, it's uh, – uh, it's going to be really, really competitive. And as I look at, at sectional one, it's like, geez, who do you pick to come out of here? You know, I mean, Watoma got a four seat in the lower half and they, they won, uh, uh, you know, the South central conference championship and are on a roll right now. Um, so, um, you know, I, I guess if we go sectional by sectional, um, I always think Prescott kind of, has magic in the postseason, <laughs> and they're 17 and six this year. They, they've taken some tough losses, some some kind of odd losses in, in terms of score at times, but yet they they've also played very well at times. Um, and they're looking at a potential uh, sectional semi against a, a Bloomer team that's 21 and three and won the Western Cloverbelt uh, championship and just won the uh, the overall Cloverbelt championship with the win over Columbus Catholic of the Eastern Cloverbelt. So. Um, I think that'd be a heck of a game, um, but I do like uh, Prescott to get to the sectional final on the top. And then, you know, on the bottom, you have a team like Gail Trempolo with Cody Schmitz out of the Cooley Conference, uh, Amro, you know, which which won the Flyway. Yeah, Elk Mound is the one seed they won the Dun St. Croix. I mean, any of those teams are capable, but I'm going to take a, a little bit of a flyer here and uh, pick Watoma to come out of the – uh, lower bracket as a four seed. Um, and then I like Prescott to beat Watoma and get to the state tournament. I just think that uh, their length and ability to defend in different ways uh, could give Watoma some problems in that sectional title game. One of the few teams left undefeated in boys basketball right now is Keel, who has been uh, pretty consistently in the top two or three in the coaches poll haven't quite overtaken St. Thomas more, although the voting was very, very close a number of times. They're a, a top seed in sectional two um, where, you know, there's a number of Northeastern conference teams, Packer land, uh, Bay conference in there. Um, what, what do you like out of sectional two? Yeah, I think the, the computer really got this sectional, right? I think that almost every seed just made perfect sense to me. Um, 
So, um, you know, Keel's number one in the lower half and Freedom's number one uh, in the top half. Uh, you got Xavier in there, which won the Bay Conference. Uh, you got Brilliant, which finished second to Keel. And the Eastern Wisconsin on the top half, you got Southern Door, which won the Packerland. Um, so, you know, some pretty good teams here. Um, if, it, if it goes according to Chalk, which I think it probably will, you're looking at Freedom against Southern Door in the sectional semi on the top half. Although keep an eye on on Clintonville. They haven't been playing great lately, but they could give Southern Door some problems in a regional final. But I, I think Southern Door will escape that game. And then I like Freedom to beat Southern Door and get to the sectional final in the lower half. This one's pretty competitive. Um, boy, you know, I think Keel will get to the sectional semi and then in the lower part of that bracket, you know, Xavier Xavier is looking at a section or excuse me, a regional championship game potentially with with brilliant um both teams with 20 plus wins i do like xavier to come out of out of that game xavier keel would be a, a an epic battle um in a sectional semi down there uh, xavier's got a lot of good athletes a lot of those kids played on their football team which was very successful they got some physical strength they got some guys that can defend um they got some experience with pfefferly at point guard uh, of course, Keel has has a great point guard of their own with Pierce Ahrens and uh, a very good uh, forward that can score and rebound and grant mans. Um, I think that would be a heck of a game, but I'm I'm going to pick Keel to win that, and then I'm going to pick Keel to beat Freedom and get to the state tournament undefeated. So good for the Raiders this year, um, but it, it won't be easy. They're going to have a they're going to have a tussle with Xavier likely, and and then uh, another tussle with Freedom, <laughs> um, and and. Uh, you know, but they, they, they very well could be headed to the state tournament uh, with a 28-0 record. Uh, very, very impressive. Sectional three, we start to move into the southern part of the state, south central Wisconsin, a little bit into the south uh, western part as well. Um, what do we what do we like? What do we see in sectional number three? Well, the bottom half is is really fun. Uh, <laughs> maybe not for the coaches, but for for fans, it's really fun because. You have Lloyd Turner and you have Edgerton, which shared the, their their division in the Rock Valley Conference uh, Championship. And then you have Lakeside Lutheran and Lake Mills uh, also in that uh, bracket. And, of course, they split their season and um, they have a tremendous rivalry. And then you have Wapun, which shared the championship in the East Central with Plymouth. So, um, you know, you're looking at some really enticing matchups. How about a, a, a regional uh, semi? of Turner against Edgerton. <laughs> I mean, wow. They just played last week, I believe it was. And uh, Turner came out on top to, to get a share of that conference championship. And then the winner of that game likely would play Lakeside Lutheran in a regional final. And then uh, up the possibility of Wapon or um, maybe even Luther Prep uh, out of Watertown, which has had a good year playing Lake Mills uh, it would be another good game. Um, so, um, Taking all that into account, that lower half is going to be some really good entertaining basketball. But I think Lake Mills is going to be the team that comes to the sectional final. And then on the top half, Platteville, uh, you know, won the Southwest Wisconsin Conference. And I saw them real early in the year, and uh, they haven't lost hardly any games this year, 21-3. and three. Uh, I think that they are definitely the favorite to come out of the top half. Um, Wisconsin Dells has had a good year at 18-6. and six. They're always, uh, you know, capable of, of uh, potentially getting to that sectional. But um, I like uh, Lake Mills to get to the state tournament by beating Platteville in the sectional final. All right, let's move on to sectional four, that loaded group 
that we had talked about previously. Um, just a, a strong, strong group of teams where you could maybe make a, a, an argument that for the top five or six teams in the state in division three are, are in that group. Um, St. Uh, St. Thomas Moore has come out of that group, but you've also got uh, some real good contenders there. So out of that, you know, mix of teams, what, what do you like and, and who do you like coming out? Well, I don't even know if you could say this about a division one sectional um, or division two, but there are to my way of thinking, at least, at least maybe more seven division one players in this um, in this sectional, because uh, in my sectional preview of the first team, I have Amari McCotry and Saku Kanao of Thomas Moore. They're both going to play at Division One. Jamarian Bateman's got Illinois, Marquette, Iowa State, all on him hard from Academy of Science. He's a junior. He'll go D1. Devon Brown, Devin Brown, also of Academy of Science, um, has multiple D1 offers. And then Dupree Fletcher of Carmen Northwest is going to Grambling. And then on the second team, I think Lamont Hamilton, he's a sophomore at Racine St. Catharines. He'll end up at the Division One level, and so will Aaron Womack, a junior at Dominican. So um, that that just speaks to, you know, the incredible talent in, in this uh, sectional. That doesn't even take into account, you know, really solid teams like Lake Country Lutheran and Brookfield Academy, which also have college basketball players, and Oostburg. Um, you know, you can go up and down the line. There's, there's, there's just talent galore. Um, but, you know, in the top half, Dominican – uh, got the one seed, Lake Country got two, Brookfield Academy three, and Carmen Northwest four. Um, I think Dominican will come out of that and get to the sectional final. Um, I think that they likely will play Lake Country Lutheran um, in the sectional semi, but Brookfield Academy is certainly capable and, and could be Dominican's opponent uh, as well, and they played earlier in the year with Dominican winning. Lower half, uh you know, uh, this is where I think the seed was wrong, um, <laughs> just because Thomas Moore is the one seed, and I don't disagree with that at all. Academy of Science, two seed, don't disagree with that. But Audubon at 19 and five got a three seed um, over St. Catharines at 13 and 11. And you're like, well, Audubon's got six more wins. Yeah, but, you know, if you're Thomas Moore, you would you rather play Audubon in a regional final or would you rather play St. Catharines? <laughs> um, I think everyone knows the answer to that. Look at St. Catharines' schedule. Not only do they play in the Metro Classic, but they play a brutal non-conference schedule. Um, so, um, you know, that that one, again, strength of conference um, and then just, just kind of knowing, uh, you know, who you're playing. Um, I mean, Audubon racked up a lot of wins, and they're not a bad basketball team. Don't get me wrong by any sense of the imagination. They're, they're, they're a good team. Um, but their 19 wins uh, aren't the same as St. Catherine's 13, I guess i put it that way. But um, I think I think Thomas Moore and MAS in the, in the sectional semi, uh, great basketball game, <laughs> players all over the floor, lots of highlights. Um you know, I think Thomas Moore's experience might win that game. They're they're senior led. Academy of Science is mostly juniors. Um, and then uh, Thomas Moore and Dominican, uh, two Metro Classic teams playing for the sectional final. Uh, they play twice, of course, with STM winning both games. Um, and I, I think they're going to beat them a third time. And I think Thomas Moore gets the state tournament. And then as far as the state um, tournament goes, I think uh, – uh, personally, I would put Thomas Moore one, um, in Keel two. I don't know if, if even though Keel's unbeaten, 
Um, Thomas More's lone loss was to Wisconsin Lutheran, <laughs> which is unbeaten. Uh, so I would go TM1 and I would put Keel 2. I'd probably go with Lake Mills uh, as the third seed um, and then Prescott as the fourth seed. And then um, I think uh, I think Thomas Moore beats Lake Mills for the state championship. As we uh, talk about and, and think about, you know, state tournament matchups and how all of that will work, a reminder out there to everyone that the state tournament is seeded the same way that the, you know, the regionals and sectionals are seeded, which is by a, the same computer formula. Nothing changes, although they do incorporate all of the playoff games into uh, a new number for each team. So if you are a team like St. Thomas More who could, you know, have wins over, we're seeing St. Catharines and Academy of Science and maybe, uh, you know, a, a Dominican again, where, you know, that can help your strength of schedule. Um, that you've built up over the course of the the, the playoffs, um, you know it, it, we could see a one loss St. Thomas More, for instance, move ahead of uh, an undefeated Keel team because of the additional strength of schedule that they had uh, had in, gained and incorporated uh, in the postseason. So just a reminder on that. And those seedings, by the way, are done the Sunday after sectional finals. Um, and then we we know the matchups and we know the uh, you know the 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 games that we'll get at the state tournament. Again, we're continuing our conversation with our Hall of Famer Mark Miller. We are uh, into it pretty well, but we are into Division Four now. Finally, um, where Mark, as we look at uh, Division Four in general and maybe Division Four Sectional One specifically, what do we see there? Yeah, uh, you know, in general, I think the squall is is what you talk about because you got Darlington and Mineral Point to the top, you know, five teams for sure in, in Division Four in the state, and they're in the same sectional, of course, because they're located so close to each other. Um, and you know, that's that's the game I think that that people are are pointing to. Uh, they're both in the top half of sectional three, um, so they would meet the sectional semi, um, and I, I think the winner of that game would would get a trip to state because they're, they're looking at a potential sectional final against Partyville or Randolph um, likely, or maybe Deerfield. Um, but that's kind of the overlying, the overwhelming storyline, so to speak <laughs> in division three. Um, and then another team, I think that, that uh, a couple other teams actually that are in the same sectional that, that also are really, really good marathon uh, in sectional two, uh, got the, top, the number one seed in the top half, and another really good team, Bonduel, got the number one seed in the bottom half of sectional two. They both come in with 23 and one records in conference championships. Uh, Marathon's looking at, you know, kind of a a, a mini uh, Merrowood South playoff <laughs> formula from really the regional final uh, through the sectional semi. Uh, they're probably looking at Stratford and then Auburndale and then. Bonduel, um, you know, uh, is looking at kind of a dicey um, regional semi against a Valders team that competes against Brilliant and Keel uh, in Roncalli and in, in Sheboygan Falls, those teams in the eastern Wisconsin. I think Bonduel win that game, but it, it, won't, it won't be, you know, necessarily easy. And um, But I, I do think Bonduel gets the sectional semis. And then they're looking at a potential game a rematch with St. Mary Catholic, which is the two seed in that half. And those two teams played at the beginning of the year. And that's Bonduel's lone loss. It was at Bonduel 
um, but they did not play with um, with their big center. Um, so you know that Ryan uh, Westridge, six six sophomore, is averaging about fifteen a game. So that was uh, you know now he'll be on the court for that game. So. Um, I think Bonduel and Marathon advanced the sectional championship game in sectional two. And I, I like Marathon to, to come out of there um, in sectional one. I'm, I'm not sure if I mentioned who I thought would win that Mineral Point Darlington game. Um, I don't think I did. <laughs> Maybe by design. Um, you know, they're both Hurt someone's feelings, Mark. Let's hear it. I know they're both 22 and two and both got great players, great coaches. Uh, it's a toss up, man. It's a great game. It's one that, makes tournament basketball so fun. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to go, with, uh, uh, I'm going to go with Darlington. Um, so I think Darlington wins sectional three. So we got two winners so far, Darlington and three marathon and two sectional one, boy, uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Unity gets the number one seed, the top half. I think they lost two games in the last two years. So at this point, <laughs> they lost one game in the tournament last year and this year they're 23 and one. Um, and then Cameron is the, the two seed in the upper half, um, and they won the Heart of North. Uh, Spring Valley, a really good team um, uh, out of the Dunsane Croix, is the third seed. Um, I kind of like Cameron to come out of that uh, and get to the sectional final. Lower half, this is an interesting one. Durand, Arkansas uh, is the one seed at 20 and four. Luther got the two seed um, at 18 and six. Um, despite the fact that they lost to Aquinas, uh, which is 19 and five and Aquinas got the three. Um, and of course, Aquinas plays in the Mississippi Valley with, uh, with Don Alaska and the lacrosse schools and Holman. Uh, so boy, that, that league is weird. Cause you got Holman and D one, you got Anna and Logan and central and Toma and Sparta all in D two. And then you got Aquinas in D four, um, so uh, I'm going to pick Aquinas to come out of that lower half, although that game at Luther, the regional um, final, will be will be a dandy. Um, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm also going to pick uh, Aquinas to get to the state tournament. Um, but uh, that one, uh, I'm, I'm not putting, a, 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 you know, like a 10 star and saying I'm fully confident. Um, there's a lot, a lot of teams that could come out of there, but I, I'll take a little bit of a flyer and take Aquinas. And then over in uh, the four, number four sectional, Kohler's lost uh, a couple games late here after winning. I think they were 21 or 22 and 0, um, and then lost to Sheboygan Lutheran, um, and then lost to St. Mary Catholic um, in the last 10 days or so, or two weeks or whatever it is. Uh, so they're 22 and 2, but they got the number one seed in the top half. Uh, over Sheboygan Lutheran, which got the number two seed. And then Howard's Grove is three in Manitowoc Lutheran. So you're looking at a lot of Big East uh, teams there, um, you know, sprinkled in with uh, like a Laconia out of the flyway, Roncalli out of the eastern Wisconsin. And, you know, then you got Springs out of the flyway, Dodgeland out of the trailways. So, you know, some interesting teams from other conferences there. But I, I like Sheboygan Lutheran and Kohler to play, you know, for – uh a third time in the sectional semi and um boy it's a tough call here but uh i'm gonna go with sheboygan lutheran to win that game and then in the lower half you have a very young but very talented milwaukee juno team as the number one seed heritage christian two and then kenosa st joe's three and lifelong learning out of milwaukee four 
Um, this is the drop-down effect, kind of like Aquinas in Section 01, you know, with Kenosha St. Joe's. We saw that last year. They they sustained losses to teams like Dominican and and St. Thomas More and St. Catharines and, you know, Martin Luther in, in uh, the Metro Classic. But uh, then, then you know, used that tough competition to to steamroll all the way to the state championship game last year. Um, I, I'm going to pick St. Joe's again. I think they're going to get to the sectional uh, championship game. Um, but, um, you know, them against uh, Sheboygan Lutheran, um, having seen both teams live this year, um, I'm going to give uh, the edge there to uh, Sheboygan Lutheran. So I think Sheboygan Lutheran gets to the state tournament. Um, so you're looking at a state tournament of uh, Darlington, Sheboygan Lutheran, Aquinas, and Marathon. Um, Marathon will get the one seed. Uh, Darlington will be two. Uh, Sheboygan Lutheran, three. Um, and then um, uh, Aquinas, four. Um, and I like Darlington uh, to beat. Um, uh, boy, that's a tough call there, but uh, um, I think they'll beat Marathon in the state championship game. That's going to be a good one, though. I, I, that could go either way, obviously, but I'll give the slight edge there to Darlington over Marathon in the D4 title game. Should be a good one. A few uh, few notes on Division Four. You mentioned the possibility of an Aquinas Luther showdown um in regional play those two those two teams did meet in late january aquinas scored a six point win over luther at that time the other thing i wanted to ask you about mark was cumberland which is kind of an interesting case because they have a junior gavin gores who's six nine one of the top uh players in the state in that class uh, highly highly productive averaging almost 30 points a game and i don't know double digit rebounds um but they don't have a, a glossy record and they're a, a eight or a nine seed in division four. I mean, is, is Gore's the kind of player that could carry them to, you know, a, a deeper playoff run. And, you know, I guess what, what do we know or what do you know about Gavin and, you know, as his, his interest, his recruiting interest continues to pick up. Yeah. I think it'll be a huge spring for Gavin. He's had a tremendous high school season and he, he's got people, uh, he's got people's attention. I mean, he had 48 and 18 the other night, I think it was, or when he was 41 and 18, I, I, I forget, but um, against a, a very good ladiesmith team. Who's also in that sectional. Uh, he had 51 earlier in the year against uh, Regis in a win. So, um, you know, it's, 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 been, it's been a different type of season for Cumberland because they have a new coach. I think that they're starting to to figure things out a little bit better now um, than maybe they did early in the year. Um, you know, getting used to each other, uh, mixing in personnel with Gavin. Um, you know, he's a kid that can go inside and outside. He had nine threes, I think, against Regis. So he's a pick-and-pop four-man, 6'9", runs the floor, you know, pretty athletic. I wouldn't say elite athleticism, but he gets up pretty well. Uh, and he's got good skills. So when you have that package, you know, people are going to pay attention. And I know he was at a Minnesota game earlier this year. They're interested. And, and then he's got a slew of um, mid-major offers. Um, and he's playing with the Wisconsin Playmakers on the club circuit. So I think uh, it'll be a big spring for him in terms of, you know, trying to garner interest uh, at, at maybe that high major level. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's where he ends up. He's one of those guys that could, you know, really open a lot of eyes Um uh, this this spring and summer on the, on the circuit. So um, when you have a guy like that, you're always a threat, you know. And uh, you know they're they're coming out of a league that's that's pretty competitive, um, and you know they got to play Grantsburg right off the bat. 
um, out of the Lakeland West. Uh, it is a home game for them, so I think they'll get by that game, and then they're looking at unity on the road. Um, you know, different conferences there, too, another Lakeland West team, obviously. Um, you know, can they beat unity on the road? Oh, boy, that's going to be pretty tough. I mean, if they did, then I'm thinking, okay, now they're now they're really set up to, to make a, a pretty good run here because unity is a really good team. Um, so that's the game that I would circle, you know, can, if they get by that game, then look out, um, and, and they, they'll have the best player on the court. Um, but you know, basketball is a team game, even in this era of look at me now, <laughs> highlight real, you know, everybody posting highlight films and all that. It's still a team game. Uh, so you have you know, your five against my five is not one against five. So, um, we'll see what happens there, but I, uh, um, I think Unity wins that one, but if Cumberland does, then, you know, I think they could really make a deep run. All right, we're almost through. Uh, moving on to Division 5, the smallest teams in the state of Wisconsin, where we start in Sectional 1 that includes a number of the Lakeland teams, Indian Head, uh, excuse me, North uh, Northern Star teams, uh, renamed that conference uh, this year, last year. Um but uh, you get in the bottom half of that, you get a few more of the clover belt uh, type type schools. Um, I know in your in your uh, breakdown in your preview, you, you mentioned the drop down effect relating to some of those teams, and especially and specifically Thorpe. Um, is is Thorpe the kind of team that could make a a Thorpe type run? Uh, we saw them. It was actually a decade ago. Go from I. I either a 500 overall record in the regular season or maybe even a game under right. and went all the way to a state title game. Um, you know, is it a similar opportunity for this year's Cardinals? Well, the fact that they're not in the same uh, half of the bracket, if you will, uh, as Solon Springs is a, is a good thing for Thorpe. So they, they wouldn't have to play them until the sectional championship game if they both advance that far. So uh, to answer your question, yes, I think they could, um, but they're looking at a regional, uh, a regional semi uh, at number one seeded Rib Lake, uh, which uh, won, I believe they won the uh, Merrowood North, uh, but Rib Lake has five losses, uh, Thorpe has 12. So, um, you know, that's, 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 that's an interesting game. Uh, but, I, you know, if they get by that, then, then, uh, I like their chances in the uh, the regional final against uh, any of the teams that potentially they could face. And then they're probably looking at uh, a sectional semi against a team like Winter maybe or Drummond, um, you know, so, um, you know, like their chances there as well, um, or at least they'll be in the game and be very competitive. Uh, I don't know if they'll win all those games, uh, but um, I, I think Solon Springs is going to win the sectional. That's my pick. I think they're really, really solid. Even though Superior got them pretty badly earlier in the year, and then they lost in our barter battle uh, against a, a really good team from Cherry, Minnesota. Those are their only two losses. They won the Northern Lights undefeated record. They have a Division II player at, in, a, in a dominating physical presence in Isaiah Castern. Dylan Taggart's their point guard that's been up and, and can shoot and run the show for them. Um, they got good size across the board on their wings and even off the bench. Um, so uh, it, it'll be fun to see if they can get there uh, this year. You know, they, they they had McDonald beat a year ago uh, in a sectional final in Division Five. McDonald made an incredible rally in the last six minutes, got it in overtime, and then won the game. So I think that sticks in the craw of a lot of the seniors there at Sol Solon Springs. They want to be the first team 
in school history to get to the state tournament. And I think that uh, I think that they'll do that. Um, now, who they'll face, that could be any number of teams, including Thorpe. Um, so, but I, I think that they'll they'll get to the state tournament. And I, I know they were ranked number one in our poll uh, earlier in the year. Then they got a couple nicks, and I think that they fell behind Columbus Catholic. But um, I think both teams now are twenty-two and two after uh, the Dons lost uh, on Saturday in the Cloverball playoffs to Bloomer. So. Um, so I like Solon Springs in sectional one and in sectional two, um, boy, um, uh, I think Alman Bancroft's really, really good. I, they got a dominating big man in Aiden Phillips. They got a, a, a smart, long skilled, uh, and defensive ace and TJ lamb at six, three, uh, coach Kurt Lamb's son. Um, I think, I think they're the team to beat. And I, I think they'll come out of, uh, out of sectional, uh, two, um, and you know, they only have one loss, Travis, so they potentially could be seated higher than Solon Springs. Um, we'll have to see what the computer says on that. And then, uh, in the other sectional, sectional three, Columbus Catholic is the number one seed. Cashton is the number two seed. Cashton, uh, is a really good basketball team. Uh, the lower half of that sectional is, is really good because you got Columbus, uh, or excuse me, the lower half of the number one seed is Potosi. Um, and, uh, you know, they shared the, the six rivers West with river Ridge, uh, which is playing really well right now. They got the three seed and Cashton got the two, and then you got North Crawford and Ithaca as the four and five, and they, they shared the Ridge and Valley. So the lower half is, is very good. Um, even the eight, nine game Hillsborough and Seneca, you got two teams that are, that are capable of pulling an upset beyond, you know, the winner of that game. So, Who's going to come out of that lower half is, you know, you could put your money on a lot of different teams. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with River Rich. I think they're playing the, the best basketball uh, of any of those teams in the lower half. Although, certainly, you know, they're looking at a regional final at uh, Cashton, um, and, and that will not be an easy game. Um, but if they can get by that, then they're looking at potentially a rematch with Potosi. And those two teams know each other a little bit. Um, and then, you know, I think Columbus Catholic and Royal are the top teams in the top half of that bracket. Royal uh, Royal won the Scenic Bluffs. Uh, really good team, really well coached, really balanced, smart, share the ball. Um, you know, they don't have a, a, a like a standout players per se. They just have, you know, five to seven just solid basketball players that play their roles really well. Alma Center Lincoln as number four is a good team, and so is Cochrane Fountain City as a three seed. But I think Royal and Columbus Catholic will get to the sectional championship game. I think Columbus wins that game, but it'll be tight. And then I think uh, Columbus gets by River Ridge to get to the state tournament. Um, and then over in sectional four, uh, we mentioned the Madison School struggling this year, you know, the four the four teams in the big eight and Edgewood all having rough years, abundant life uh, is having a great year. They're 22 and two <laughs> and they're seated number one, um, at, you know, coming out of Madison there uh, in the top half uh, Barneville, which won the six rivers East is number two. Um, you know, I, I think uh, abundant life is a really good team. I, I think they're going to come out of the top half, although the drop down effect is going to come into play here, particularly in the regional potential regional final, putting Abundant Life against Southwestern out of the Swall. Southwestern finished behind Darlington and Mineral Point, but they did win 15 games 
and uh, play in a really good league. So that's going to be a tough game for Abundant Life. I think that they'll squeak by that one, but it'll be tight. Uh, and then I think they'll play Barneveld uh, and get by them uh, in the sectional uh, semi. And in the lower half, Salam School is the number one seed. Oakfield, number two. Um, in Central Wisconsin, Christian, three. Eastbrook Academy, four. Salam School is out of that Lake City Conference. Um, they're looking at a regional uh, semi, potentially against Elkhart Lake, uh, which comes out of the Big East North with Howard's Grove and St. Mary Catholic and Manitowoc Lutheran. So they play a, they play up all year. Um, you know, that could be an interesting game. Can Elkhart Lake slow down the high-scoring Salam team with Ahmad Badwin, who's averaging, you know, over 30 a game? Um, you know, so this this lower half is, is really tough to predict because you just don't know how, you know, some of these respective conferences are going to match up against each other. But I'm going to pick Salam to actually get to the sectional uh, championship game. And then I'm going to pick Abundant Life to, to beat Salam to get to Madison. So um, of those teams, uh, I, I think uh, as far as seeds go at the state tournament, I, I, I would put Almond 1, Salon 2, um, Columbus 3, and Abundant Life 4. And uh, as far as the championship, um, I like uh, Salam, or excuse me, uh, Solon Springs to beat Almond Bancroft in the championship game. But uh, uh, really tight games there, some really good matchups. So uh, that's my two cents on Division 5. I mean, but, you know, that's a hard one to predict because any number of those teams really could could get hot on a particular day. Um, you know, like Columbus, you know, if they shoot the ball well, uh, they can they can put up points in a hurry, you know. Uh, but, I, you know, a, a team like Sloan Springs, they have – they have a big in Castron that can match up with the big from Alma Bancroft and Phillips. So I think that might give them just a slight nod uh, edge in that game. So my state champion recap to Pierre, D1, Wisconsin Lutheran, D2, St. Thomas Moore, D3, Darlington, D4, and Solon Springs, D5. All right. I, I will say you mentioned Southwestern. Still feel for my boy, uh, Clint Nemitz, the head coach there, been so close the last few years. I think this is a year that they could could make it happen. Um, as you said, coming in third in the swall, but uh, with, a, I think, a, a pretty decent path if if they can get past a, a potential, if they both get there, regional final with abundant life. In fact, I, I probably will pick that. I probably will pick Southwestern to get to the state tournament and get over the hump. Uh, Clint made it there and won a state title as a player at Cassville in 2000 um, and has had some uh, really good teams at Southwestern. Uh, so that will be probably my pick out of that group. I, I don't know where I'll go from there as far as, uh, you know, the other teams or who will win it, but I think I'm going to take Southwestern to get to, uh, to get to state, but we do have Mark's picks in. We do have uh, Mark's insight in, of course, you can check out all of Mark's work at wisports.net. There has been full, uh, division and sectional previews that you can find on WSN. Uh, Mark, I, I, oh, I, I, you, you put your uh, your first round picks within those uh, sectional previews, but you'll have um, picks each uh, each night as well going through, right? Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. You bet. Um, so we've got regional action coming on uh, on Tuesday. We've got regional semifinals on Friday. Regional finals on Saturday. Hopefully you get a chance to get out and take in some action somewhere, somehow. Great environments for regional finals 
Uh, so even if your team is eliminated, hopefully you can get out and, and take that in. Mark, anything else that we should touch on, mention as we head down the home stretch here and into the boys' basketball playoffs? Well, just uh, like you said, get out to the games and enjoy it. The, the atmospheres with the student sections, the field, the gyms that are full. Hopefully, the band will be playing. You know, take it all in um, and enjoy it um, because uh, in a few short weeks, we'll be it'll be all over for another year. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it, you know, everyone kind of gets that sense of renewal once this week comes around, and even if you took some tough losses during the regular season and maybe didn't have the year that you were thinking about. Now you get that second opportunity. So, you know, I always think that the, the teams to play so darn hard and the coaches coach so hard and, you know, everyone's just getting after it. It's not, it's not an NBA all-star environment here. <laughs> you know, there's, there's defense and there's just hustle and guys diving on the floor and uh, you know, just playing their hearts out, just like you see in, in, in all the sports, um, when it comes to the playoffs. So, um, enjoy it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great, uh, great sport. And, um, I think, uh, you know, people, uh, will see some really outstanding games and individuals and uh, we'll see what happens when the state tournament rolls around in a couple of weeks. By the way, if you've got video, because it will happen, there will be a buzzer beater, multiple buzzer beaters probably during the course of the state tournament. If you have those, make sure you let us know. Send it to us on Twitter or on social, or if you got to pull it off a huddle and send it to us, we can pull it off there and, and post it and, and promote it. Um, so if you get some cool video from a game, certainly send it on to Mark, send it on to me, send it on to our WSN uh, account as well. Well, Mark, that will do it. Uh, we are excited to get the postseason underway. Again, action continues this week with regionals, followed by sectionals, then the state tournament. We are under, I think we're under 500 games total left in the high school basketball season. Seems like a big number, but it gets cut in half essentially each night as we go through the playoffs. And pretty soon we're going to be talking about being down to you know, 20 games left or yeah. uh, you know, just a handful of teams remaining. So it goes so fast here with uh with the playoffs and, and teams being eliminated um make sure that you are able to get out and enjoy it for mark miller i am travis wilson this has been a wsn podcast we'll see you at a game